Hello, and welcome to the Middleman Podcast. This is a podcast about the art of making things happen. We hope this helps your week. Thanks for listening. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode three. I'm Josh Hammond, and I am the Middleman. I want to thank you so much for all of your wonderful feedback and encouragement as I started up this podcast last week. I really want to build a community of people that are great at making things happen. Now, if you haven't already, I want to invite you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and a rating if this episode helps. Also, you can follow us along on Spotify. Do you ever get asked the question, what is it that you do all day? You know, as a middleman, I get asked this all the time, and I must admit, I wonder myself sometimes, what is it that I actually do? What do you say when people ask you? You might kind of, like me, dance around the point because you're not really sure. You know your life is really full. Uh, what you work on always seems to be really important, but if you do a bit of this or that, or maybe you explain it like, I keep all of the plates spinning or all of the balls in the air, and of course there's some truth to that. But for me, as a general manager... Yeah, that can mean a whole bunch of things every day. It means my day is so diverse. You know, in a future episode, I want to talk about having themes for different days, which can help order and structure the way that we get work done. But it's hard to describe what we do because our job really is just getting it done. I want to suggest, though, in the art of making things happen, we do need to make the leap from seeing it as our job to do everything rather than ensure that the work gets done. You know, there's heaps of material and content out there about how to be productive, make the most of every minute. This podcast is not so much about that. But if you wish you could get more done, the answer actually might lie in the fact that you are doing too much. Now, I'm really careful here that I don't become lumped into the crowd of well-meaning people that I'm sure you deal with all the time that try to politely tell you, hey, you're doing too much. You need to slow down. Look, people tell me that all the time. And I have chosen to listen to only a select few people that tell me that, that I trust. But I've had to work really hard over the past 12 months to make the leap from doing it to getting it done. You know, I mention this because my hope is that you are effective in the middle. The vision you are working for is worth it. But you doing everything does have a lifespan. In the middle, our organizations will succeed if we can make the leap from doing the work to getting the work done. But you also succeed professionally and personally when you can learn to delegate well and not to do everything yourself. You know, there's a great bit of wisdom I've discovered that talks about how to spread the load and delegate well. It actually says if you can do this effectively, you will go home in peace. I can't say I've always gone home in peace, but I know that uh, of late more than often that I have. And it's important for longevity that you can as well. Now, I want to describe three choices that I've made. They come with a proviso that they do take some discipline to follow. The first one is never do anything alone. I bet if you're like me, you've said to yourself, this is so much easier if I just would do this myself. Or if you want something done right, you should just do it yourself. You know, when you have a high sense of responsibility, uh, you'll find yourself in those middleman roles. And when you're in the middleman roles, the stakes are high. You more than anyone have to explain why something failed, uh, why it didn't work out, why it fell over, why people didn't turn up, why it went over budget, etc., etc. The problem is if we'll be doing everything ourselves, we will not grow. And to grow does require to take a risk or two, to show people, to train people. Remember, you're there to see the vision realized. 
You know, there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go faster, go alone. But if you want to go further, go together. I think it's not good to work alone. Always invite people along on the journey. I don't know what you think of this advice, but maybe try this as a guide. You know, I think if you know someone uh, that you work with or maybe a volunteer that can do something as half as good as you can and you believe has potential, I reckon it's time to show them how to do it or invite them along on the journey. Describe why it is that you do it that way. Give them a go. Uh, let them watch you do it and hand it over to them. You know, I agree there's risks with this. Uh, you don't want to do this in every context and you certainly don't want to do it all at the same time with multiple people. But it's time to invite people along on the journey with you. That wisdom I referred to before about going home in peace, if you can delegate well, actually also gives a bit of a criteria around choosing people. They've got to be people of high character, uh, people that are trustworthy, and people that you believe do things with the right intentions. You know, I've got an exec team at the moment that I really trust. How do I know that I can trust them? Well, I've allowed them to do things that I used to do, and they did it well. Sometimes they even did it better than I was even doing it. And it's a job done, and it's something I didn't have to do. The second choice I've had to make is to ask for help. You know, if you are a good middleman, you probably live by the mentality of, I don't ask anyone to do anything I would not do myself. The problem is that we don't ask anyone to do anything, and we end up doing it ourselves. To do less and get more done, we actually have to know how to ask for help. You know, I'm currently responsible for a building project at one of our community spaces. We are refreshing it, ready for our next season. I love doing this. I love when we get to do this. And it's my job to get it done. But if I project manage it alone, it would not get done. Or it might, but it would get done poorly. But before I did anything with this project, I asked for help. I wouldn't have done this a couple of years ago. But I asked for help firstly, you know, someone who is an experienced interior designer. Trust me, you don't want me choosing the paint colors. And secondly, I asked for help from someone who is willing to be focused on managing the project. I asked this person to help me ensure that I did not fall through the cracks, knowing that I have many things to manage generally in the meantime. When we ask for help, don't ask for help out of desperation. Or at least if you are desperate, don't act like it. I can't tell you how many times I, you know, I've been on the phone with someone and I don't actually have a plan if the person says no. In my head, I have no plan B. I was desperate, but just don't act like it. I think it's a turn off. If people say yes to you because you're desperate, it often leads to them thinking that they owe you something. Now, here's an example of how I ask for help. Now, I always call them. I wouldn't just email them. It's too impersonal. But I might just call them up and say, I'm calling you with an invitation to help. Maybe you think, you know, I should know how to do this, but I'm actually, I don't know. And I've heard that you're really great at this. The truth is, actually, I feel a bit out of my depth at the moment with this. And I need someone I can trust. And I'm calling you first because I want the best for this idea or project. I like the way that you did this in the past. How would you feel stepping up and giving this a go? We actually can't achieve all that we are meant to do without people like you. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of an ask like that? Now, truthfully... Uh, I can feel guilty asking people for help. You might be able to resonate with that as well. There's sometimes something inherent in me that I think, well, I should be able to do this, or I don't want to bother people with this or that. It's not their job. Or even sometimes as a younger leader, I have struggled with the confidence to ask people that are more experienced than me to help me. But I've had to be a bit disciplined and flip this mentality around. I've reframed it, and I think I actually am doing someone a favor by getting them involved. 
You know, in fact, if I love the vision as much as I know I do, why would I not want someone else to be involved in that or to have a piece of that? I would never want someone to say to me after, I wish you asked me for help. I could have actually done that for you or helped you out there. So going into this week, practically, who, who can you call or invite this week to help you? There are people that can do things that you are currently doing so you can then focus on something else. And look, asking for help can sometimes be a hard thing to do. But the more you ask for help, I think the better you get at it. Now, the third choice I've made is I'm going to work towards everything working without me. And what I'm describing there is actually building systems for your organization. Now, if you go on holidays and everything falls apart, that may make you feel needed or even a bit special. But I'll tell you what, it's not good leadership. Our job in the middle is to predominantly build systems. Now, I agree this can be a big shift for us if we've stepped up recently from maybe leading a small team or a people-focused role or a single department. Often this shift is not recognized straight away or not even taught or explained to us. But you create systems so things can flow. You know, back in episode one, I talked about how we are a conduit between vision and action. We've got to, we've got to keep that vision intact as we pass it on to other people. And we do this by creating good systems. You know, as I think about how I've led over the past eight years, it's often seen me leading over different things. You know, even just at Lighthouse, if I think back, I have managed a homeless youth accommodation, a community kitchen, pastoral teams, coordinated church gatherings, project managed building works, built budgets and uh, three-year strategies. Each of these had a different context, but really it was doing the same thing, making sure that there was a good system in place ensuring the thing I was leading remained connected or reconnected to our vision and culture. Look, I agree. Building systems sometimes can be a bit mysterious. So I want to give a great book review here. It's by a guy called Dr. Ian Jagerman. He's got a wealth of experience in developing leaders, particularly if your context is church. His book is called The L Factor, and it really unpacks the mystery that is developing leaders and creating systems. And I found it very helpful as a middleman. You know, I've sat in many conferences where an incredible communicator or speaker delivers three pristine points on how to lead well, how to build an ultimate team. And I've left these sessions sometimes thinking, man, what type of workplace do these guys work in? It sounds like Disneyland. or uh, And I've left sometimes just feeling like I must be a bad manager. But I just want to say from one middleman to another, hey, it's messy in the middle. And you just got to give one or two of these things a go and see how it goes. Yes, you'll have a few false starts. You'll have a couple of broken systems uh, that you end up designing. A couple of people will say no when you ask them for help or, or it just doesn't work out. If that's you, I just want to say you're in great company. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast. You, know, you can connect with me further at, at Josh underscore Hammond on Instagram. That's with two M's and two N's. Have a great week making it happen. Mm-hmm.